You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. What up, everybody? It's Pastor David Gammon here. Cannot wait to jump into the Word. We're going to Mark 5 today on this episode. In case you didn't know how we do this, we read a chapter of the Bible the night before, then we go to our Merritt Island location, we read the chapter of the Bible again on the air. We talk about what God has breathed on our hearts. That's what we call the program Morning Breath, and it's usually a pastor and a co-host. I'm joined today by an amazing young lady. She is uh, one of the most... Amazing, uh, not to overuse the word amazing, she's an incredible <laughs> worship leader at our church. She's been over a decade, you know, probably even longer than that, over a decade leading worship at the Avenue, at the Parkway, for the mezzanine. I mean, just so much. Amanda Walker, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Man, so hi, happy to be here. I tell you what, you got a lot going on. Tell us about that Merritt Isle location. Tell us about that Saturday night service. Man, it's awesome. Um, we get together at 5.30 on Saturday nights, and I get the honor of leading worship for that service, and um, it's a great time. It Come is. on out. Saturday nights, that frees up that Sunday morning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when that weather's nice. Yes, that for sure. That is so cool. Well, i tell you what. We want everybody to get plugged in here uh, with Morning Breath and East Coast. So will you tell them how to get plugged in on, on what we're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So you can do it a couple of ways. You can check out the East Coast app or go to EC cc.us um, and you can get info events past sermons other morning breath episodes all found right there come on i tell you what we got some cool stuff coming up too and if you didn't know we have a night of worship mm-hmm. next wednesday august 18th and uh being one of the worship leaders is that going to be one is that one night of worship or are we doing two on the it's same one. night so it's one, one. Mm-hmm. come on mm-hmm. that's going to be incredible it's gonna be one it's going to be a little bit longer Nice time spent in the presence of the Lord. It's going to be fun. I could not encourage you enough to come out and check that out. We usually do a small little something with the word that night, but it is it is usually start to finish. We just praise Jesus with everything mm-hmm. we got, and it's a great refresher for your soul. So Mark 5 is what we're jumping into today, and it looks like we got like 43 verses. So we'll split it almost in the middle almost mm-hmm. you know how the cookie crumbles we'll split the 21st verse and if you will Amanda will you get me started and I'll read the first part yes absolutely so I must say unto you read sir here we go that's not from scripture that's what I added <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerarenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with chains. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. The day day and night he wandered amongst the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself from the sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him with a shriek he screamed, Why are you in- interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, do not torture me. For Jesus had already said to the Spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then he, then the evil spirit begged him again and again not to send them into the distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirit begged. Let us enter them. 
So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd, about 2,000 pigs, plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. And then those who had seen what happened told others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you, how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a large leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, my little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Mm. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him that she what she had done and he said to her daughter your faith has made you well go in peace your suffering is over while he was still speaking to her messengers arrived from the home of Jairus the leader of the synagogue and they told him your daughter is dead there's no use troubling the teacher now but Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus don't be afraid just have faith then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter James and John the brother of James When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. Ah, man, man, what a impacting full chapter right there. We see a demoniac. We see a resurrection. We see uh, divine healing. And that is some crazy stuff. This makes me think all of this happened within such a short amount of time. And it's incredible that 
Believe it or not, when you are actually pressing into your heavenly father and you're focused on his will and you are spending time, because our Bible also says that Jesus got up early in the day and would go out and, and they would actually say to a desolate place and would pray. So he wasn't distracted. He would go out and pray. You're able to manage your life on this level where he isn't flipping out over a bunch of different stuff, but he's actually able with a sense of peace to be able to deal with every circumstance as they come about and as he walks into them. So what a cool, what a cool chapter. Amanda, what, what did you like from the chapter? Oh man, a lot. <laughs> uh, the first thing that I, that I thought was interesting was with um, the demoniac, the, the legion, um, they actually, uh, I want to say it's verse 17. It says that the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Mm-hmm. And that just stood out to me um, as a little bit interesting. Like they they didn't maybe fully understand what Jesus had done because the people who were telling this story were the owners of all the pigs that went into the water, yep. right? And so it just made me wonder, like, what was the perspective that they were sharing? Like Jesus came and he put demons in our pigs and they all drowned. And now we have no, no, no living. He's Mm -hmm. coming to destroy us all. Right. Versus the idea of, no, he actually set a man free. Um, And it just, it, it just got me thinking they, they missed perhaps in some way, I don't want to be too judgy of of these people, but it seems like they missed the point of what he had done. Let's be incredibly judgy of them (laughs) because the Gadarenes were actually the tribe that didn't go into the promised land with Moses and, or excuse me, with Joshua. They actually said, we will stay outside God's will for us and we will help you conquer the promised land, but we want to come back out to our own area. So, Mm -hmm. and then on top of that, they should not have been herding pigs. The law of Moses clearly stated that pigs were filthy, unclean animals and that a Jew was Mm -hmm. not to herd them and they Mm -hmm. were herding them. So that is their, they are a people group that are like this. If they are if they believe in God, but their whole life is just wrapped in sin. Mm-hmm. They have one mm-hmm. foot in the world and literally one foot in the church is the modern believer of this. And you're right. The story they were told about Jesus, what they heard was our economy was just ruined. Mm-hmm. And um, and this guy here is now taking everything we love and is like throwing it away. Yeah. I know. I remember in high school, I had a young man come in. I wasn't saved. He sits down next to me in math class. And he goes, I asked him about, I remember specifically, uh, the Stone Temple Pilot CD, <laughs> right? And, and his name was Jacob. And he was like, nope. I was like, what do you mean, nope? And he's like, well, we talk about like music almost every week. Like, and he's like, nope, I threw it out. I threw all my secular music out. He got saved that week at mm-hmm. a youth group. Well, the way he was saying it sounded awful to me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nope, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want anything to do with secular movies. I don't want anything to do with secular music. And literally my thought was, then I don't want anything to do with Jesus. Ooh. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, this is mm-hmm. like. And then, I t- and then I said it. And he was, and I said, dude, you could have gave me that Stone Temple Pilot CD, man. What's up with that? And he goes, no, I don't want you in that garbage either. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want what you have. Mm-hmm. And that's what the gatherings faced mm-hmm. here. They mm-hmm. were, and that is, it does state to us something along the lines of how we present people to yeah. people. You know, if Jesus sets you free of, of alcoholism, you know, the, the pray, the praise, don't turn, don't turn a praise report into, you know, something that's going to make other people, you know, see. Jesus as, as a bad thing. You yeah. know, maybe yeah. celebrate that you're mm-hmm. set free. Mm-hmm. What else did you like to? 
Oh man. Um, I, of course, I, I the part of the scripture I got to read was about the the woman with the issue of blood, and yeah. um, that story is always incredible to me. Um, and uh, I think it's so interesting because she seems kind of like a rebel to me. Um, she would have been considered, um, a, you know, according to the law of, of Moses, ritually unclean. Yep. Um, and so that means she's not able to worship at the temple. She can't touch anyone, mm-hmm. like by law. Um, and as a woman who had the issue of blood, you know, I, I've read s- some books um, called, I want to say it's called The Red Tent or something to that effect, where um, when women were cyclically going through what women go through still to this day, um, they would actually have to go away and go into, um, for lack of a better way to call it, a red tent. Well, she was bleeding for 12 years. So essentially she was disenfranchised to the max, removed Mm -hmm. from her own life, removed from her friends, removed from her family. We don't even really get to see in this section of scripture what her family situation was, um, but she heard about this Jesus and she was like, I got to go. I got to go find him. And so she literally... She broke all the rules, if, if you want to put it that way, right? Like, so she she shows up at a crowd of people, which means she's touching people. It's a crowd, right? She's yep. press, And she has to press through the crowd. So here she is spreading her ritual uncleanliness to others through her touch, which was not allowed. Um, and she is trying to make her way to Jesus. And then she touches Jesus. Like, she goes up and touches the Son of God. Like, mm-hmm. um, And instead of her making him unclean, he makes her completely whole. Come on. Right? Like, and so just that, seeing that example um, to me is incredible. He he could feel, there, like they, the disciples said, like, there's people everywhere. What do you mean who touched you? Right? So right. you know that they're like all pressed in tight. They're all trying to get to see Jesus. But he could feel something different about her touch, and it was her faith. Right? Come so she, she was a woman full of faith. And so just the ideology of uh, what you're, whatever you're going through, long-suffering, um, is is a thing that yeah. <laughs> Christians ha- um, should have um, fruit of the spirit. If you if you want to put it in that in that way, she demonstrated that like yeah. twelve years, and she heard about this Jesus, and she had tried everything. She had spent all her money. She was mm, getting worse, not better. Um, and then she heard about this Jesus, and she was like, you know what? If I can just touch him, I I know he'll do it. And her faith was still there. So I don't know who that might be for today, um, but don't give up. That on so uh, what you're believing for. That is so good. And I love that that um, that it was that long suffering. It was that commitment that that she had of like, man, I have got to get to to where he is at. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny how much a crowd can try and deter us. You know, it didn't deter her. And even Jesus, when he gets to uh, Jairus's daughter who had died, mm-hmm. um, and people are like, well, maybe she didn't die. Maybe she was actually just physically sleeping. No, this was first century. They knew when someone was dead. Mm-hmm. All right. They were experts at killing people. They knew death. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so Jesus says a statement of faith, and the crowd laughs. Yep. They laugh at God. You know? So Jesus doesn't skip a beat. He throws them out and goes and does what he's supposed to do. So when I am operating in faith, when I am believing, when I am walking out my faith journey with Jesus, if someone laughs, it ain't going to stop me. Mm -hmm. And you better believe that more often than not, you're more worried about the person laughing and they're in your head not in reality. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I do that, then these people will think less of me or they'll think this way or they'll laugh or they'll say something. But they've never done that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't actually done that yet. That's all happening in your head. And you stop from doing what God's called you to step out and do. Here, Jesus didn't stop at all. He said, okay, y'all want to laugh? Well, y'all got to get out then. And they mm-hmm. missed the resurrection. Yeah. They missed the miracle. I bet they weren't laughing when that girl walked out of that room. Mm-hmm. You know, I almost, I wish like, I wish Mark would have been had a little more details and said what? <laughs> and what? Someone say something now. You know, go feed her. Exactly. Exactly. Go, yeah. go make her a sandwich. Mm-hmm. I think in one translation, let me see if it says in here. And I, I love to joke around. of like, this is why I don't like flute players because he says, I think it's another, another gospel. He says, uh, he threw out the flute players uh-huh. and, uh, and I'm like, that's why you'll never see a flute on a worship team. <laughs> but, um, but notice that here when Jesus holds her hand and he says to her little girl, get up, you know, Jesus speaks life. And we need to be remembering that, that in this scenario where he's operating in faith, Jesus is actually speaking the words of life. And you'll see this in the book of Acts as well, mm-hmm. when when Peter encounters the man that is laying on the mat and he's lame and he asks for gold. Jesus doesn't look up to heaven and say, Father, if it's your will, show us your mercy today. Please, just please, if maybe, uh, maybe you could just please heal this man. He says, gold and silver I do not have, but this I do in the name of Jesus. Take up your mat and walk. Yep. And this man here says, little girl, not this man here, this son of God here, Jesus says, little girl, get up. Speak out your faith. You don't need to beg God for a miracle. Mm. And he even says, you know, if you do not doubt, say unto this mountain, be it thou removed and cast into the sea. Mm-hmm. All right. When you pray, you can have what you ask for. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have to remember that we are asking and we are saying we are not begging. All right. The cross did not make us beggars. Yep. And that's super powerful. Yeah. I love that along those lines. The woman with the issue of blood in the story, she said nothing to Jesus until after she was made well. Right. Like mm-hmm. she had faith in her heart. Come on. Touched, reached out to touch Jesus. Jesus feels power leave his body. He doesn't even know. I mean, quote, air quotes, doesn't even know who it is, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, son of God. But he asks, and then she speaks up, right? And right. she does so afraid, right? Because she's rebelling. She's breaking the law. She Multiple laws at this point. Um, and here she is looking the son of God in the face. And I think that's interesting, too, because specifically – not being able to worship was something that she she couldn't do. She couldn't go worship at the temple. And here she is looking at Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, right in his face. Like that moment was the first time she got to worship, right? That's right. how I think about it. Like she worshiped the real deal to his face after touching him and being made well. What would that worship have looked like? Like, man, that's just crazy to think about to me. But the idea of what you're talking about, about your faith, like believing in your heart, and do not doubt, right? Is Come part on. of is part of it as well, and that's what she did. She didn't even have to go up to him and say any words like "Jesus, I believe you can heal me." She just said it in her heart to herself. Come on, and was able to lay hold of of that. And to that point, um, Jesus didn't just heal her body, um, which I think is is cool. He actually made sure he said the the last thing he said to her was, "Your suffering is over." Right. So her suffering was not just in her physical body, it was in her her whole life. Her whole life was marked by this illness that she had and um, it destroyed whatever semblance of a life she she had. Right. It was over because she was ritually unclean. And now um, all of that was done. And 
it was a a start of a fresh life for her. And so I think that's the cool thing in, in this section of scripture is you're seeing Jesus give life and life to the full and more abundantly back to these people, to the demoniac, right? Like set his life right, free from de- demonic possession. To her, somebody unclean, ostracized from society, set free right there on the spot. And then to this little girl um, brought back to, to life, literally, um, mm. So, man, just the amount of life-giving stuff that was he was giving to people was, was just incredible. Incredible. And when you look at how the demoniac had to operate, whenever he was, it says here, he was not able to be chained or held down, right? Mm-hmm. But where does he choose to live then? You know? In the burial caves, here's why. Death wants to be around death. Mm-hmm. All right. And if you are around a group of people or a person that is wallowing in death, they want to be around other misery Mm -hmm. and they want to be. Oh, I mean, and I'm not trying to beat anybody up, but people with bad marriages. And like I often see this as divorced people sometimes encourage other people with marital struggles to get divorced. And I'm like, man, you might want to. And I'm painting with a broad brush here. This right. is not all people. You know, please don't take a personal defense to this if you're divorced. But uh, sometimes I'll say people with marriage problems, I'll say what you need to do is cut out anybody that's living in the burial grave of where you're trying to get out of. Mm, mm-hmm. Don't be. If you got anger issues, don't be hanging at the burial grave of death of anger issues with mm. all those other demoniacs. You need to get get out of there. You know, if you want to be a good parent, don't be hanging around with people that have their 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 kids just sitting on iPads all day. All right. And I'm not throwing stones. But I'm saying get your kids off those iPads. <laughs> Steve Jobs didn't even have his kids on iPads. He said they're bad for him. Like you have to take a look and say, listen. If I don't see a positive fruit coming from your life in that area, then I can't I can't spend that much time mm-hmm. in that area with you. Mm-hmm. It ain't a love thing, people. It isn't that you don't love the person. It's that God has a calling and a purpose, and you have to do what is going to carry out that calling and that purpose as a child of God, as a wife or husband, as a parent, as a disciple. Like, it's important because remember this. Too often we say, is something good or bad? Is Mm -hmm. it good or bad? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Peter doesn't write that. Peter says, all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. Yeah. And that's actually a better way to look at some of this stuff. We got about one minute left before we go to a break. Amanda, you got anything? Um, I was just really encouraged from the all of these stories that be like Jesus Come on. <laughs> and be be a life giver wherever you go and in as many ways as you can. Um, we have what the gift of Jesus that we have to give to people is too incredible to not. Um and you never know what you might be setting people free from in their life. You don't know the whole of their story. And uh, the ripple effect of that, of that is is too much to gamble with. So that, just be life givers. Be be a, a giver of Jesus to people. That is so true because we don't know. And, and even though this demoniac went and told a bunch of people and they got mad, or the herdsmen did mm-hmm, at least, mm-hmm. uh, tons of other people in Jesus' story went. And he also told them not to say anything. And they did. And cities would yes. then come out to yep. him. So yep. I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to have a final thought. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, 
Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com. The New Thing Youth Church is a generation of students destined to change the world through God's power and love. If you're between 7th and 12th grade, join us every week for fun, relationships, and the Word of God. The New Thing Youth Church meets at the Parkway Worship Center every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday night at Vieira High School at 6 p.m. Check out our TNT Youth Church app for more details. For over 30 years, Cabron Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabron Air will take care of it. Their phone number is 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or find them online at cabron.com. Customer satisfaction is their top priority. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. At East Coast Christian Academy, our mission is to create a space where children will thrive, and we believe they grow best in a safe, clean, Christ-centered environment. We're passionate about showing the love of Jesus to children in our community and helping them become everything God has called them to be. At East Coast Christian Academy, we are all about family. We work hard to foster a culture and environment of positive attitudes and teamwork. And we provide flexible schedule options for team members who have their own busy family lives. Do you have experience in early childhood educational environments in the heart for the next generation? If so, we have room on the team for you. Find out more about joining our academy team online at eccc.us slash academy or call us at 321 453 Kids. That's 321-453-5437. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. So looking at this chapter, Mark 5, Amanda, something that really stood out to me, is, and I love what you were just saying. I love what you were just saying. Um, if you're jumping in right now, man, go back and listen to the rest of the podcast. But 
when it comes to to Montiac and and in Mark five here is is something something happens is that he gets delivered from Legion this demon, and in getting delivered from the demon he gets made sane and fully well and he's healthy now, and then you see him go and sit pretty much in the boat and is ready to go with Jesus and Jesus is like no 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 no, you gotta go, and he's like wait no, you know, you see. We are comfortable with Jesus. We are actually going to get a little more finite with this. We are comfortable talking about Jesus, singing for Jesus, and living for Jesus in our churches, in the boat where Jesus is at in our lives, our safe containers with Jesus. Jesus might be saying to you, no, 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 you need to go now and tell all the people that used to see you live in that way. Let them see you fully delivered from everything that Jesus has delivered you from. Let them see your new life because that is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. We can have lip service all day, but John would write in the book of Revelation is by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony yes. that you are one of Jesus's greatest letters, your story to the people in your life about who he is. Mm-hmm and what he is willing and able to do. And that is why he doesn't want you staying in that boat of comfort. That boat is a, a symbol of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone and get people set free with the gospel. So I tell you what, Amanda, I loved all you shared. Such good stuff. Thanks, man. Sunday or Saturday nights, 530. Yes. Parkway. All right, guys. See you later. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.